Welcome to the Joyful Grace Podcast. I'm Sarah DeLauder. Today is the second episode of a three-part series with my friend Lorna Creech. Part one was so incredible to hear her share a story of enduring faith, and her testimony doesn't stop there. We're going to pick up where we left off. You will be inspired by her ability to completely trust the Lord, even when facing uncertainty. Well, knowing the things that I do know about your life and everything that I personally have seen you go through or known that you've gone through, you've inspired me with your strength. I know we talked a lot before we ever even started recording today, reminiscing over stories, listening to each other's versions of David's stories. Yes. (laughs) And how our husband's friendship evolved over the years but always had that foundation of Christ. And I can see knowing David from the wife perspective, as my husband being his friend, how you were the backbone for so much for him. Seeing you as a wife who's dealt with problems in your marriage, you've always been the one to stay steadfast in your faith, to stay true to trusting God through absolutely everything. And I don't know how maybe that was built in you as a child, or if that was necessarily something that you'd learned in your relationship with the Lord. But it's been an honor for me to observe that. Well, thank you. But how have you done that? Oh, well, um, my mom was born in 1930 and lived through the Depression, Mm -hmm. has seen a lot. She's 90 years young, and um, she recently moved in with us. David always wanted mom to move in with us, and she did. It was about six, uh, it's been about six months ago, and it's because of some things that happened with her mm-hmm. house, but um, mom is living with us. And um, so I'm the youngest of five, and I have never, I've never known life without Jesus. Wow. And And I say Jesus because it was Jesus in our house. You know, <laughs> when I was afraid, my mom would say, Lorna, just say the name Jesus, mm. Jesus, Jesus. And I can hear her saying it right now because I hear her saying it in my house now. <laughs> and um, I just, I remember one time being so afraid at night, I had woke up with a bad dream. And you know how, um, so I'm the youngest of five, there's still three at the house. So I'm, I was in mom and dad's bedroom. And I remember waking up, you know, it was a bad dream. I remember mm. that dream. And mom just reached over and put her hand on me, and she said, Lorna, just say the name Jesus. I was probably five years old. I We didn't have a lot monetarily, so we didn't go to doctors. Um, mm-hmm. we, um, we, we trusted God because yeah. that's what mom taught us to do. If we got sick, we ran to mom, and mama prayed for us. And <laughs> we, we believed that mama had a direct line to the throne, and we knew it. I realized when I got married one time, I told mom, I said, I just realized I'm going to have to start praying now. I was <laughs> like, man, I got to really start praying now. But mom just, that is mom. We grew up with her when we would come home, you know, from whatever we were doing at night, mom was at the kitchen sink washing dishes or doing something. And she was praying until her kids got home at night. That's incredible. Um, my dad didn't serve the Lord for a long time. He he did when they were married and went through things, and then he did, you know, um, before he passed away. But 
my dad honored my mom. He honored her faith. My mom didn't drive. He took us to church. He took us to church. He dropped us off, and he was there to pick us up afterwards. Whatever special thing was going on, my dad supported it. He knew. Hmm. But my mom, oh, I'm telling you, um, she sings. My mom and dad both sang, and so we we all sang, except my brother. He may not sing as well as the girls, but... Um, <laughs> So I grew up singing. I grew up knowing that if I needed anything, that God was going to provide it. You know, um, I've seen my mom lay her hands on propane tanks and pray for propane to stay in there until till there was money to come in to wow. fill a propane tank. I've heard her in the basement praying over a refrigerator that was making ugly noises. I have seen her hold her grandchildren with high fevers and praying for the fevers mm. to leave. I've had her pray for me many times in my <laughs> life. So I come from just, that's just the way life is. And when adversity happens, you you don't give up, you don't complain, you go to the throne. And she knows the word, and she knows how to stand in the face of the enemy with wow. the word and say, no, you can't cross this. And she taught me that. I mean, by her example and by, and she still is, believe me. Some days I feel like I'm 13 years all over again <laughs> with her in my house, but that's okay because I'm, I'm enjoying every bit of it. Um, so now um, going through the things that I've went through in my life, I know that when there have been things happen, I would call mom and I would just say, I just need you to pray. And she would say, the Lord woke me up in the middle of the night. I've already been praying. And she would do that with David. David would call Mama, and she would say, David, I've already been praying. She just, she's an amazing woman, and I just hope that I can just be just a little bit, you know, that somehow that I can be a little bit like her. But she does set the example for us, and I think that men and women that grew up in that time and that are still mm -hmm. here with us, I think that we should really listen to them. Yes. And because uh, they are our examples, and in the time that we're living in, uh, we have to fight this, everything that we're going through with the Word of God. Yeah. Because um, if you don't do it with the Word of God, mm, it's not going to work. So through everything that that I have been through, Sarah, it, it was instilled in me as a small child. And um, there's no option. Now, does that mean that I have not been angry at God or that I have not? Oh, I have. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, you know, He knows our hearts. Mm -hmm. He loves us. Yes. He created us. He knows us. So when we act like that, he just puts his arms around us and and says, it's okay. Now that you got that out, do you feel better? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I do. I do feel better. And then I I get back up and keep on going. So that's that's where it started from. Well, I've seen all of that in you. And I believe that I've met your mama, and she is so sweet. Um, but I could see that she could be a fireball, too. Oh, yeah. You don't mess with her. You really don't. Um, <laughs> we have a situation that's going on right now uh, that we've been praying for in our family. Um, uh, we're very close. My mom is, mm -hmm. is the second of six siblings, and uh, it's just her and another sister out of six that are left. And But that our cousins were all real close, and we've been praying about something. And, I mean, like, they call. Uh, it's a hotline to Martha Ellen. It's like, <laughs> hey, I need Aunt Martha to pray about this. But you know what? I think it's teaching me. You know, it's mm -hmm. like I said. I told her when I got married— Oh, I got to pray now. You know, yeah. it's it's on me, David. We got to pray about this, you know. But I really, I don't think we take prayer 
as seriously as we should sometimes. And when I say prayer, I'm I'm talking about me just talking to the Father. Right. I'm just, you know, spending time driving and being with Him. And um, at this time that we're in, where we're all a little bit isolated right now, you know, it is definitely the time mm-hmm. that to be talking to Him a whole lot more and then listening. Yeah. Um, I'm a great talker. You know, I do that at my, at my work. I mean, I'm a great communicator. It's what I do. I'm a sales coordinator. You know, I teach people how to have conversations or how to help them influence other people. And um, But the key to even communication, it's not just the talking, it's the listening. Mm-hmm. So as, uh, as our story uh, for David and I, the last year of David's life, it was the listening. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just the talking. It was the listening, listening to just feelings, listening to how things happened and what what we went through. And so as a believer, and we're on this journey, and life happens, like you said, we all have stories, but when we share that story, it's then the listening, being sensitive to the person that's sitting in the audience Mm -hmm. or you're at work. I have one lady that every time I talk to her, she cries. And she said, Lorna, she said... I cry every time you come in my office. And I said, "Well, I don't mean to make you cry." And she and it's because <laughs> we start talking about life, mm-hmm. and then we start talking about God, and we start yeah. talking about Jesus, and and the next thing you know, you know, he just fills that place. So I love that part of communicating with others. But Mom is awesome, and she's taught me to to draw that bloodline and say, "No, devil, you can't cross it." But I've seen that you've already left that legacy in Michael. And I think you and David together had that foundation in him. I mean, he's just an amazing young man, and I'm blessed knowing your story of how you and David went through divorce after, was it 28 years of marriage? We were married 27 years. 27 years. And then two years, he went on a sabbatical. Yeah. (laughs) We, we, We refer to it as that. And then God restored his yes. life, and God restored your marriage. But even knowing Michael's part of that testimony about how he stood in faith, believing that dad would come home, yes, that mom and dad's marriage would be restored, yeah. how can you not look at Michael and see that you've already left that foundation in him? And what that legacy will present through his life and even through his future and maybe his children. I know our family is blessed to know you all, but I'm personally blessed when I get to be on the outside looking in, seeing what God's done in your life and what God's done in Michael and your family and how powerful that is. And I know we talked a little bit about before we ever started sharing those stories how you believe that God still has more as far as your story and your testimony. And even though we hadn't communicated that before I asked you to be a part of the podcast, our family has been sharing your testimony because it affected us. It was a blessing to us when we got to be a part of being there for your second first marriage. Yes. (laughs) Seeing the beauty of restoration, seeing God's faithfulness, even in the midst of all the trials and all of the things that you went through, to come to that place and to see what God's restoration does in a person's life and literally how that affects all of the people that are connected. Yes. I think that's one of the most incredible things that I've ever witnessed in my life. And I'd never seen restoration in such a beautiful way. 
I'd never seen it truly played out in somebody's life until I saw God restore David's life, but then to restore your marriage and the fact that you stood in faith believing 100% because you love David and the commitment that you made to him when you first married him all those years ago, but the commitment that you made to God. And I think in our conversation before, we talked about how your commitment to God superseded whatever David did, whatever David was going to go do. Right. You were committed steadfastly to the Lord. Yeah. There was no other way. You know, restoration is an amazing thing. But before the restoration, it's forgiveness. Yes. And, um, you know, sometimes we uh, we don't forgive ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, we beat ourselves up. We are our worst enemy at times. And um, our pastor talks a lot about that, about looking in the mirror and saying, I forgive you. Yeah. And uh, David did that. He got to a point where he, he could finally look in the mirror. That man in the mirror, I love that song. I <laughs> uh, couldn't help but throw that one in there. But um, he, uh, he saw himself and he forgave himself. Mm-hmm. And then that was the time which I had forgiven David, but on and when I say that, you in a marriage, you're, you know, whatever it is, but I, there was just a point for me that I loved David, but I knew that I had to let David go. Yeah, and that happened. It didn't. It wasn't long because I mean, it was just three months, and he was home. And um, but it wasn't really about us. It was about David first. Mm-hmm. Him just finding some peace at. You know, David was an anointed and one of the most talented musicians, individuals I have ever met in my mm-hmm. entire life. And I have been very blessed to have met some really talented people. And um, and David was one of them. He always amazed me, and he pushed me farther. I mean, I've always sang, but David, I mean, man, he'd pushed me to the point I was like, I'm, I'm walking, I'm done with this song, I'm out of here, you know, and... <laughs> People that worked with him, they felt the same way. There's like, but David could he could hear it and he could, you know, he would push you to that point. But David, um, you know, we all have stuff. We all do. Right. We had two years that he was gone as far as physically from the house, but still that relationship. And so when he when he found peace, then our marriage, then our relationship could mm-hmm. find peace. And Michael did pray. That boy prayed every Sunday. He was at the front, and he prayed, and he asked God to give his daddy a job here and bring mm-hmm. him home, and then bring him home. And there were times that I was like, I don't want him home. I mean, just being <laughs> honest, I was like, mm, Michael, I don't know if I can hook up with that one, you know. I, but right. I, I would never say it. But I was like, I'm struggling, and um. But that boy's faith, and yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, Michael's never known anything else either. All he's ever known is being in church. And one time I thought, do our kids just get it by osmosis? I mean, you know, as a parent, <laughs> do you ever, you yeah. know, I mean, we train them, you know, we, you know, we're teaching them the word and we're doing all these things. But sometimes I was thought, is Mike, I hope Michael's getting this because I don't know if I'm really a good parent or not. You know, I would just kind of think, oh, what's going on with him? But he's he is an ama- he's the apple of my eye, and I I say that a lot. But 
he is the apple of my eye and he has a tender heart mm-hmm. and he always sees things like the glass is half full and that's the way David was. It's a wonderful trait that he got from David and he is so loving and caring and sometimes it gets his heart maybe in trouble but he he's an amazing amazing young man and I am very proud of him. But there were times that I I was like I don't know about this but Michael's faith was this that dad was coming home. Yeah. Our pastor, uh, Bruce, would sometimes he would even say, Lorna, when you tell me you're done, I'll quit praying for David I remember to he come said home. that at your wedding. He did, yeah. But I, I never could tell him. I never, I never could tell him that because I always wanted David, I wanted David to be okay because David was my best friend. Yeah. He always was. The legacy of unwavering faith is the foundation of Lorna's life. It has carried her through so many painful circumstances and has allowed her to experience the faithfulness of God even when it wasn't visible. I've been inspired by the power of prayer in her life. Don't miss the next episode as she talks about what it's like to walk a new chapter in faith when life no longer looks like she thought it would. If you're facing uncertainty and need prayer, please email me at thejoyfulgracepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Join us next time on the Joyful Grace Podcast.